Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June the 8th, and our passage for today is Ecclesiastes chapter 12. The Kohelet, the preacher, the one who assembles it all together. In chapter 12, the last chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, we have what I believe is the swan song from a literary standpoint of Solomon. I personally believe, personally believe, it is my estimation that this is the last thing that Solomon did before he died. He wanted to leave a written record of a man who learned what it was like to walk with God, to be blessed by God, to know what it's like, to know the meaning of life, why he was here, and then to turn away from that and be drawn into a life that was futile and meaningless, away from God. And then in the latter end of his life, perhaps just months before he died, writes this down. Not just for himself, oh no, he's already lived his life, but for those who will come after him. Not just for those of Israel, but for all of us who would one day seek after the God of heaven, the exalted God Elohim, that the Jews know as Yah, that we know as Jesus. And so when he comes to chapter 12, after he has talked about the joys, the ups and downs of life, the sorrow. He speaks now as an old man, as a man who is ready to die, who is not ancient, but he is older. And he now has observed, uh, because Solomon was not only a wise man concerning spiritual things in his day, but of biology and zoology and, and studies of everything under heaven. He wrote books and books and books, and he studied books. He said sometimes it's a weariness, and we'll hear him say that. Study can become a, a weariness, book after book. But let's get into chapter 12 and see if we can't hear from God today. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. The word youth is the word for a young man. Remember, Zakar. This word is used over 240 times in the word of God. God wants us to remember. God doesn't want us to forget. He says, do not forget, remember. But the word remember itself is used over 240 times. Now, that's a lot of usage. Those are not counting the times when God says, don't forget. In other words, that's the negative, don't forget. But the positive is remember. And you put the two together, and uh, it's incredible how much God says you don't need to lose perspective. Remember now your bara. The word is bara. This means to create out of nothing. In the beginning, God created. That's the word bara. So he's talking about, know your creator, the one who brought everything into existence out of nothing. That's a divine act. This is a divine creator. He's not talking about somebody that fashioned something, although God did fashion woman, and he fashioned this and made this. But the word bara here, remember your bara. Now, that's the way it's presented. In the days of your youth, as a young man, as a young woman, Before the days become ra, evil, 
disagreeable, malignant. That's the term. Before the difficult days come, before life starts going against you and not for you, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them, no kefets, no delight. There's, there's nothing for me. I'm, I'm, I'm old. It, yeah, I hurt all the time. There, it's a difficulty to do anything. And so he says, he begins to enter into this poetic, beautiful language. Some of these, uh, as I read through these at times, I read through these passages a lot because they give me perspective. And as I grow older, uh, all of these things are not true, but some of them are beginning to be. My emotions emote tears, and many times I read this 12th chapter with tears streaming down my face because I saw this in the lives of so many that I have walked with through the, their latter years, and, and now some of these things are becoming so. He said, while the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are not dark, and what's he talking about? He's talking about these times when you live in the sunshine, it seems, and, and you are, you're walking along and everything's going well, but I believe it's also also talking about the eyes. While you have sun and light and the moon stars, and they're not darkened. You see, as you get older, sometimes cataracts will get on your eyes or other maladies of the eyes. And so he could be talking about that. And the clouds do not return after the rain. You see, it just it's like time gets quicker as you go along. You remember Christmas when you were a kid? It never came. Now, even in the stores, we are now in the beginning of summer. Just think about it. By August... There will be Christmas things that will already begin to appear in incipient form, at least. And yes, you've got, you know, uh, Halloween and all of the Thanksgiving. They just pass over that now. I'm saying Christmas comes earlier and earlier and earlier, not just for marketing, but in our minds. It's, it's like, is it time for Christmas again? All of this, you look on the bright side so much, and then things change. And he says in verse 3, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble, that is, those who are in charge of the house, they're, they're not what they used to be. And the strong men bow down, that is, they're beginning to be bent over. When the grinders cease because they're few, they, they're all dying out. And those that look through the windows, the windows grow dim. That's that side again. And when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low, when one rises at the sound of a bird, I can honestly, I can still remember it. Going to sleep and not even remember when I went to sleep. Not remember where I went to sleep. Uh, sometimes before dad and mom left, we would go visit somebody. When I was just a young boy, I'm talking about four, five, six, and seven, when mom left, we would go visit somebody. And if it was late in the evening, I would always fall asleep going home and I would wake up in my bed. I don't remember anybody carrying me in. I don't remember getting up and going in. You just, you go to sleep and it's just like, you don't get up, you don't go to the bathroom, you don't do anything. And as you get older, now some of you right now, you're listening to this, you're in your late teens, you're in your 20s. We have many that listen to this that are in that age bracket, many in your 30s, 40s, 50s. And oh, this is ha-ha, laugh at uh, Pastor Tony. Well, it won't be ha-ha one day because it'll be you. Because you see, you used to, nothing would wake me up unless it was really, really loud. Now... Uh, I can hear a bird tweeting outside and it wakes me up. What he's saying is it's not just the sound of a bird, but it's that little that it takes to wake someone up who's getting older. And all the daughters of music are brought low. That is, you, you can't dance like you once could. And they are afraid of height. In other words, uh, there's a lot of terrors along the way. You have to start being more careful. You have to be careful of falling and all that. When the almond trees blossom, now that speaks of springtime, but I don't believe he's speaking of springtime. 
I think what he's saying is this is when the almond tree blossoms. That is, the almond blossom is white. I believe he's talking about the top of the head turning white. The grasshopper is a burden, and desire falls. You say, what desire? Every kind of desire. And uh, you might desire to do something, but it doesn't mean you can do it. And so it fails. For man goes to his eternal home, and the mourners go about in the street. And listen, this is absolutely incredible, because it says, remember your creator. He's going back to verse 1, but the word remember your creator is not here. But he it's almost like he starts with that thought, because it just says, before the silver cord is loosed. In other words, it's like he starts off in chapter 12, and verse 1, and then... By the time he ends the end of verse 1, he goes into a digression about how things change. And then he comes back and picks up and he says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. Then he says, Before the silver cord is loosed and the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well. He's talking about death. In other words, remember your creator while there's still time, while you're alive, while you have the opportunity. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was. God said he made man out of the dust of the earth, and that's where we'll return. And the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of all vanities. That's what he started out with in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, says the Kohelet. All is vain. All is futile. All is passing. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, this Kohelet, Solomon, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. And Solomon wrote most of the proverbs. The Kohelet sought to find acceptable words. And what was written was upright words, words of truth. Solomon wrote a lot of the Tanakh, of of the Old Testament. And the words of the wise are like goads. A goad is something that you use with a cattle. It's like a a cattle prod. The words of the wise uh, stimulate you and get you moving. And the words of scholars are like well-driven nails. They're not bent. They're put right in where it will hold. That's the words of a true teacher, a true scholar, one who masters the assembly. And so he says, they're like well-driven nails, his words given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making of many books, there is no end. And of much study, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. I tried to tell every professor I had that. Just ease up. We can't get it all in one semester. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And and this is what it all boils down to. This is why I believe that Solomon ultimately got right with God. These are his words. Solomon wrote this. This is the words of Solomon as an old man. Fear God. Now, the word fear God, Yireh, is the word for give God his rightful place as God. Give God his rightful place as the creator that he's spoken about so many times and so eloquently. The one to whom everyone will give account. Fear God and all that entails. Give God his rightful place and keep his mitzvah, his instructions, his commandments. Why? Because they're good. For this is man's all. This is the whole reason he was put here, is to please God. 
You see, you and I are not put here to do what we want to do on this earth, but to do what God put us here to do. And so what you and I should spend our whole life doing is finding out who God is, what He wants with our lives, and living in the purpose and the will of the God who made us. He has a design for us. He has a schema for our lives. He has a blueprint for our lives. He has a pattern, a template for our lives. He wants us to live like Messiah, like Messiah, like the Christ, like the anointed one, because he has a plan and a purpose for us, and we can only fulfill that when we live in the wonder of his will. For God will bring every work into judgment. What work? Everything we do. You see, we will give an account to God for what we've done on this earth. God didn't put us here just to make a living. God put us here to make a life. How we make a living is secondary. God has given us bents. God has given us spiritual gifts. Once we are saved, he's given us gifts. But before we're saved, he's, he's embedded talents within us. We have a bent toward mechanics, toward mathematics, toward language, toward humanities. All of these various skills and so forth, these things, we have bent that way. We're taught that way. We live that way. But that's not what our life is all about. Our lives are to glorify him. God wants us to have a life. And he said, for this is man's all. In other words, this is what life is all about, is to give God his rightful place and do what he wants us to do. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Why would Solomon say that as the last thing he records? Because he wants us to know that God sees everything. What have I told you from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis? God is the God who provides, yes, but the word provide is the word see. God sees. He knows. He cares. And he will hold us accountable. Why? Because our whole purpose in the life and why God put us here is to know him, know his purpose why he put his image in us providentially. Why did he let us be born in the day that we're born? We're not here by happenstance. God put us here. You can say, I wish I lived here. I wish I lived then or I could live in this particular day. Why don't you live in the day that God's given you? Let's not live our lives in the world we would hope to have. Let's not live our lives in the world we wish it was. Because that is that is futility in itself. That's emptiness in itself. That's delusion in itself. That's idolatry in itself. Looking at the way we wish life was. We've got to take life as it is. And whatever God's given us, let's live life to its fullest. Let's live life in the, the lane that God has for us, in the time that God has for us. I'm so excited to be alive. I'm so excited to be alive. I'm thrilled to be living. There's been times when I couldn't say that. There were times, I must tell you, that I have said, God, how can I leave this life gracefully? God, help me. But the older I get, the more I see that God has you here and God has me here for this time, this is our time. Ever how old or how young you are, you are here by the sovereignty of Almighty God, by the providence of Almighty God. This is His time. This is our day. This is the appointed time. Let's live life to its fullest. Why? Because this is man's all. 
knowing God, knowing God's purpose and will for our lives and getting in on it, living it, serving him, living life to the fullest. You say, well, I have a job and I'm making a living for my family. Well, then rejoice in that and ask God to use you there, not just so you make a living, but you can express life, real life. First of all, make sure that you have life in Jesus, but then pass it on. What's the old song we used to sing at camp? It only takes a spark to get a fire glowing. Then all those around. You see, God wants to work in your life. He wants to work in my life. Don't be saying, I wish someone else could hear this. Yes, that's wonderful. But let's make sure we hear from God as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.